0: When the Toho guys each receive a magical glowing walnut, will they rise to the occasion and become brave warriors? Or are they just too tired of all these Star Wars? Find out as we discuss the finer points of space operas in tokusatsu with Message from Space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro, your Japanese film club podcast. I am your host for this episode, Scott. And I am joined, as always, by my co host, Joey. Hello. And Alex. Hello. And this month, we'll be talking about Message from Space.
1: it seems like it should
0: be said um uh so this uh this movie came out in 1978 hot on the heels of star wars the the first one
1: (laughs) you don't say (laughs) um and yeah it's it
0: is a uh very fast follow and a blatant ripoff in a number of ways that we'll get into in a little more depth uh but before we get into cast and crew or anything did do any of y'all have any history with this film
1: I've seen it a number of times, um, and um, I own it on DVD, but the dubbed uh, format, the English... Well, it's hard to call it dubbed, but yeah, the English format uh, one, and um, yeah, so I've seen that several times, and this is my first time watching it in Japanese, um,
2: with the Japanese language track. Alex? Yeah. uh, Nope. None whatsoever. This was... This is a completely blind watch for me. The only thing I knew about it was, uh, you know, I think you guys talked about this in in previous episodes or, you know, maybe we were shooting the shit before and talked about it. But uh, the only thing I knew was that it had an English track and a Japanese track. And I think I've seen like some clips from the English track. Um, But uh, yeah. Oh, um, I've seen Star Wars also. So (laughs) I feel like I have already seen this movie before. But anyway. Um, yeah, this was my first time watching it too. I knew it
0: was, uh, supposed to be like a cheesy, bad, uh, star Wars ripoff. And, uh, in, in some ways it is. Um, but, uh, we li- we did listen to the, the Japanese language track for this, uh, the English language track, because it was actually released in the U S uh, the same year it came out in Japan. There's a, a full English dub of it that I think Shot Factory put out the the DVD version um fairly recently.
2: Mm-hmm. I have a question. Was this mm-hmm. done was this uh this wasn't an MST3K episode, was it? No. Okay, yeah. Because I feel like this would be ripe. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. All right.
0: Um but uh if, so this movie was uh the the production budget's estimated somewhere between five and six million dollars, which is uh, Star Wars was actually only made with ten, and Star Wars comparisons are going to keep coming fast and hot throughout the whole podcast. Um, but uh, it was the most expensive movie that Japan had made up to that point. Uh, this was produced by Toei. I originally thought it was a Japanese American co production, but uh, apparently it was all Toei but mm. they they made it in with the idea of getting american distribution which is why half the cast are uh white folks uh and they and speaking english
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but uh this was directed by uh Kenji Fukasaku who's uh probably better known uh, we covered him a little bit before in Battle Royale and he also directed uh, a number of the battles without honor and humanity
2: films ah mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can kind of see that.
1: Yeah, I could definitely. Um, the the first time I watched this, I, well, most of the times that I had seen this, I I would always kind of think that it was weird to think of him also making this movie. But keeping that in mind, while I, while I was watching it this time, you definitely like feel his fingers in it. Like they've got like scenes of narration over photos of. Uh, politicians at one point, and there's this sort of shaky cam fist fights and things, and a lot of stuff that kind of feels oh, there's a big mushroom cloud uh, at one point <laughs> during the like a big like explosion scene. So, you, you definitely see some of his like kind of favorite tropes or something, uh, signature uh, film things uh, sprinkled throughout it, even though it's not like a gangster movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like it's it's fascinating that he was chosen to be the one to direct this, considering how huge the budget was, and he would he would break that record, I think, a uh, year or two later with his follow up movie to this that I I think called Venom that I don't know
2: anything about. Mm. Um, oh, that movie came out last year. It has Tom Hardy in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um,
0: but no, uh, so uh, the There was, I expected this to be kind of like a cheesy low budget thing, which it's super not is, it's actually pretty high budget. The cast is uh, weirdly packed with, with Japanese stars Um, and uh, let me just run down the cast. Uh, first, first notable one for me is the American actor Vic Morrow, who I best know from th- being the uh, the rival coach in Bad News Bears, mm. and his uh, tragic final role in the Twilight Zone movie.
1: Right, very famously. <laughs> Uh, died making that movie.
2: Yeah, tr- tragic wow. accident on set. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember hearing about that when I was looking into um, the Twilight Zone. That's pretty heavy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, Sonny Chiba
0: as uh, Prince Hans, who shows up about two thirds of the way through the movie, wearing mm. his uh, his armor on loan from the Saint Seiya collection.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um, noticed that, like, uh, yeah, they they all look like Saint Seiya guys or um, uh, like Final Fantasy, um, like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy One characters. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like the Warriors of Flight. Light. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, Princess uh, Emerlita is played by Etco, oh, excuse me, Etco Shihomi, uh, aka Su Shihomi, who co-starred with Sunny Chiba in the Street Fighter and Sister Street Fighter movies. Uh, and a couple other projects as well
1: yeah Um, she's awesome she's mm -hmm. like a protege of his that actually like knows martial arts and stuff and it's kind of a a little too bad that she doesn't get to show that off in this movie but in like this is just street fighter movies and stuff she kicks a lot of butt she's really cool
0: Mm -hmm. Um, we also have uh, uh, playing president Noguchi is briefly uh, Tetsuro Tamba uh, mm-hmm. Who was in, uh, returning from Quaidan and was also notably in "You Only Live Twice," the James Bond film? All uh, right, he was Tiger Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, The evil Emperor Roxia, the twelfth, is played by. Mikio Narita, who's uh, from Zatoichi, the chess expert. He's the titular chess expert and is in a number of the Battles Without Honor and Humanity movies. Uh, Joey, I think you described him as the Don Draper looking guy.
1: Yeah, that's how I <laughs> categorize him. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, oh, he's very slick looking in those movies. And in this one, he looks like a crazy face paint monster. <laughs>
0: And, uh, f- the, the last notable cast member I have on here is, uh, Shiro played by Hiroyuki Sanada, who is a crossover film star, not just in, uh, in Japan, but in the West as well. Uh, he was in the last samurai. He's the villain in rush hour three. Hmm. He's in 47 Ronin, uh, sunshine and was in, uh, I think the Japanese, uh, ring films. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he's also a stage actor and has uh, did a lot of stage performances in Great Britain. But yeah, he's got a a very accomplished career.
2: What about uh? What about Beba? <laughs> who, who plays Beba? I did the not... loudest the loudest robot in the world. Oh my, oh my god. god!
1: His voice is even worse in English. Let me tell oh, you. No. Watching this, I was like, "Wow, Beba's actually more bearable in this than."
0: Uh... <laughs> Um, I was watching this with my wife Amy, and when Beba first like toddled onto screen, I laughed so hard because it's just like this cute, cute robot. And the second he made sounds, I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> ah! It
2: just it just it just scream scream talking. Yeah, I um, love Beba though. Beba's great. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So uh, we're, we're going to start moving into a more brief kind of overview style synopsis rather than point by point uh, in episodes going forward. Uh, and so here is the uh, the synopsis for message from space. Uh, the planet Jalusia has been conquered by the Gabanian Empire. Uh, I should note that I'm mostly going by the spellings from the fan sub that we saw cuz it was japanese language and not official mm-hmm. subs um but uh keto the leader of the jelussians sends eight holy rayabi seeds which look kind of like chestnuts to me or uh, walnuts or walnuts yeah <laughs> uh, to find eight brave warriors and fulfill a miracle to save Jalusia. Uh, he then sends his granddaughter, Princess Emeralita, to go retrieve these warriors to save the planet. And she is accompanied by the warrior, Oroko, who goes along as a bodyguard. Uh, throughout the film, this, uh, these seeds find our heroes, who include uh, hot rod space pilots, Shiro and Eren, and their friend from, uh, from pilot school, Maya, who's kind of like a bratty. Uh, rich daughter of aristocrats, uh, their their acquaintance, uh, ne'er-do-well Jack, who is the subordinate of what looks like some kind of, uh, gambling mm-hmm. mob type guy with a big ace on his head. Yeah, space is <laughs> a um, uh, meeting pr- Princess Emerlita as they escape, or as she escapes from the uh, the Gabanian Empire. Uh, they have uh, some weird misadventures where they reject their their hero's call until finally they, they all give in and uh, along the way run across uh, Prince Hans, the former uh, prince of the Gabanian Empire, who Roxia, the emperor of the Gabanians, uh, slew his parents to usurp the throne and all of them, along with General Garuda and his robot companion, Beba 2, <laughs> um, a, a simulacrum of his original dearly departed friend, Beba 1, mm-hmm. uh, they all they all take the hero's call, uh, make the Death Star run, <laughs> slay the Emperor, and uh, save the Earth from destruction by the Gabanians. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Alex, this is your first time seeing this. What was your overall uh, kind of reaction to the film?
2: Wow. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I really loved it. It was so fun. Um, God, it was a tokusatsu Star Wars. Yeah, totally. Like, the music is also amazing. Yeah. Uh, all the models are incredible. Uh, like, all the special effects are really great. They're really, really great. Like, for something that is hailed as a Star Wars ripoff, like, if Mm -hmm. Star Wars didn't exist, this would be, like, humongous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I guess if Star Wars didn't exist, this probably wouldn't exist either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Jerry? Yeah, I liked it too. I something uh, that we did uh, skip over in the credits is that this is uh the original concept for this came from Shotaro uh Ishinomori who created Super Sentai and Kamen Rider oh, and Cyborg 009 and stuff. So like, yeah, so like, you know, it, it's definitely like him taking on uh Star Wars, uh but it has that firm uh feet in Tokusatsu which is great. Um yeah, I think this movie's really fun. I I um I I I like watching it a lot and I I like uh showing it to folks who would who are interested in Star Wars and stuff like I definitely like recommended this to Alex uh before because of that. Yeah. Um I do think it kind of like uh drags a little bit at times but anytime it starts to kind of lose me something really goofy would happen and it kind of <laughs> pulls me back in. Like I think one criticism I have is the the fact that they kind of like are all found by the like magic walnuts and then we have to kind of go through them finding them again it mm-hmm. feels a little repetitive to like have that moment where they all find it in their drinks or whatever and the music plays and everything like it, it kind of
2: feels <laughs> a little bit like didn't we just uh-huh. do this uh- <laughs> yeah the um like that was such a weird thing to do like at the very least you know have them find it later or spread spread it out a little bit but the fact that they almost all reject the hero's call like really hammering hard the uh you know joseph campbell's hero's journey thing mm-hmm. uh yeah absolutely like that although i get like it's a little repetitive but i think that's part of the goofy charm of it yeah
1: yeah, and, and and I again, like I said, I was thinking a lot about the uh, the Kinji Fukusaku connection. And a thing that really struck me this time that I thought was interesting was the fact that the main character of this sort of younger cast are these kind of punks who are kind of listless in this like post-war world. Um, and, and that really does reflect um, his Yakuza movies from the time um, and the battles without honor and humanity and all that stuff. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting to, to pull that into a star Wars type story. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to kind of like, like about this movie, even if it is just kind of like a silly star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um, is, do you my, think about it, Scott? I, yeah.
0: this movie is a absolute mess, but I also love it. Like straight from the beginning, I was just like wide eyed and smiling the whole time. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the the story is all over the place. The pacing is all over the place. But like you said, by the time you're getting bored with a scene, something new will happen, whether it makes any sense or not. And you're like, OK, we're doing this now. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, I. This this film got uh, savaged by critics in America who were hot off watching Star Wars uh, for a number of reasons. But I think the the main failing of this is it feels like uh, I know that Japan has a much more or had a much more compressed uh, production cycle than the uh, the West tended to do at the time. Mm -hmm. But this still feels like the even though all of the like special effects and everything, the, the miniatures and stuff all look great. It feels like the script is just something that they smashed together at the last second, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird to, when you see how intricate
1: everything else is. Yeah. It's kind of stream of consciousness. Sometimes it's very weird. It's like, and now we're here and now there's this character. And yeah.
2: Yeah. The thing about the writing that really confused me, like this is, and it's, I would say that this is probably the biggest lull of the movie where, um, uh, the, it's the bit with the old lady yeah. and her, and her weird lizard son. Like that, that whole sequence to me is like the biggest, like that's when the movie completely slows to a crawl for me. But then, uh, uh, Ro- Ro- uh, uh, is that, is that the villain's name? Rokusai?
0: Rokshay is,
2: is what Rok- I, but okay. yeah,
0: Rokusai is something somewhere along there. I don't R- know the actual English yeah. dub Pronunciation.
2: Yeah, yeah, this dude, um, he he did his fun like, I'm gonna, you know, his dream machine (laughs) to figure out like what the deal with this person was, and uh, is this this person was an Earthling? Like, I I didn't quite I I didn't quite understand that. It's like she was 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 from
1: Earth. Yeah, she had given birth to her son on Pluto, which is like why he looked like a monster. I guess that's the yeah. (laughs) explanation That's so she did some traveling yeah sure. I, I feel
2: like there's there's the whole story there's no like the the whole story hasn't been told there like <laughs> if there was anything like deleted scenes back in the day which i'm not really sure if they if they could afford that if anything was on the cutting room floor it'd be like this big backstory with this old lady and her disgusting lizard son <laughs> totally. yeah when they first when they
0: first started off on that like side plot where jack is is kind of doing his part to reject the hero's journey. I was just like, what is going on right now? This movie was about something else. And now we're wandering through the mountains. And then this lady is giving her lizard son, the space princess. And I was like, what, what the hell is this? I thought I was watching star Wars. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it takes so long to introduce Prince Hans also mm-hmm. like it compared to, you know, how everybody else is introduced. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, like everybody rejects this hero's journey except for Prince Hans. Yeah, yeah. he's wearing it around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. and and Beba, of course. Whenever, <laughs> oh yeah, when he finds it, I loved it so much. <laughs> he's so happy. Yeah, it's good. And what did he contribute? Who knows? But
0: he got yeah. shot in the arm and didn't die because oh he God. doesn't feel what pain. His, like hand flies off. That is
1: incredible. <laughs>
0: But yeah, yeah, I just love the it's okay. I don't feel pain. He's so happy. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I feel like that whole sequence with the old lady is just because they needed to figure out a reason to have uh Rookshay decide to go to go and conquer
2: earth and that was the best reason they could find, which is so roundabout. It's it's absolutely ridiculous considering they kidnapped Jack already and and that dude will sing like a canary, so why not yeah. have like, torture him and have him, like, divulge that, like, oh, it's okay, I'm from Earth. Or, like, use the dream machine on him to figure out Earth, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, bring this dying old lady who's just like, were <laughs> they on Earth? like, um, So, speaking that, of
0: Jack, one of the, the big things I wanted to talk about was the beginning of this movie especially hit a lot of notes that reminded me of Truck Yarrow. Uh, it starts out like when you were first introduced to Aaron and Shiro, they are hot riding around and uh, as a duo evading this hapless police officer that's trying to pull them over. Oh, oh totally. Officer Fox.
2: Yeah, I wrote yeah. his name down. He's oh, MVP because he Space shows up. cops. <laughs> he shows up like again with like all the bandages on his face. It was so great. I was so sad when he just ran into the Gabanian
0: ship and died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was hitting all the notes of, like, the the beginning of a Truck Yarrow film mm-hmm. uh, when they're evading the cops. And then, like, the, when Jack first shows up in the club with, like, that look he's got with the pork pie hat and everything was just, like, very 70s Japan, like, mm-hmm. goofy oh, yeah. film. And I loved it.
2: It's, um, it. it's funny when people say that, like, oh, yeah, Star Wars is, like, space 70s. I'm like, sure yeah, I can see that, but this movie is really space seventies like like what gold is wearing when we first see him it's like that weird like it's like a weird cloak fur thing and his mm-hmm. weird hat and their Star Wars cantina is literally a like a space disco
1: yeah and yeah. and that scene where they're dancing around in their little like clubhouse thing oh my that God. weird spinning like light show thing. I
0: want one of those. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's like they had just dropped acid and they're like, "All right, let's have let's have a happening." Like it was and <laughs> that was so wild. And uh whatever Maya's wearing this like her mm-hmm. scarf, her headscarf thing. Yeah. Like everything and uh oh, and Shiro and Aaron are wearing those like um uh 6 million dollar man jackets. <laughs> like <laughs> or their Steve McQueen jackets, I guess is what they are. With the a yeah. really
1: awesome Medusa patch on the back.
0: Yeah. Uh, their yeah. jackets are so cool. They reminded me so much. There's a lot of this that reminds me of anime that, that's contemporary with it. And I wonder how much of that is like uh other other like anime influence on this, or how much of this is influencing anime things like uh the the uniforms and gundam or in Mm -hmm. macross it
2: reminded me a lot of that yeah Yeah. totally the um the art direction in this movie is killer um i wrote down that it reminded me of like the space stuff that you see in dragon ball z Mm. like a lot of weird like towers and stuff like that towers and orbs yeah yeah pretty
1: strong like mixture of sort of organic magical stuff with sci-fi stuff
2: yeah um, the float the flying ship like the literal like yeah the flying galleon reminded me of like just it, that that was, like, one of the most tokusatsu things to me. And that's it one of my this...
1: favorite, like, visuals, and I feel like that's a good example of something that I think is really cool that's kind of underutilized. Like, I really love that ship, but we don't really see much of it. And I think that goes back to kind of what you were saying about Sunny Chiba not showing up until the very end. Like, I think he and Etsuko Shihomi are both kind of, like, underutilized, which may huh. have just been, like, they were in tons of other movies at the time that could only get them for so much time or something like that. But there's a, I feel like this movie has a lot of like weird kind of like missed opportunities for how packed it is with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really love
0: the flying galleon and, and the fact that the native dilutions are like, they're covered in wreaths and all these like more natural clothing. And they Mm -hmm. seem to be more in tune with their planet and like traditional ways. Like they're flying this old style ship instead of a big monstrous fortress. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the the, the wasting Sunny and Etsuko uh, is is a bullet point I have that I wanted to cover because, like, Sonny Chiba sword fights a bunch of dudes at the end of the movie, but I don't love the shaky cam and choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it makes really it kind of hard to follow. Yeah. And Etsuko gets, like, five seconds of sword fighting in one scene, and that's the only action we get to see out of her, really. She, like, Judo so throws a wasted. guy...
1: Early on, but yeah, nothing really.
0: Um, but maybe the, I she's in a lot of the movie, but so I don't know that it's it's that maybe it's that they she's got a different contract for acting versus action. She was like, sure. I will only do so much. Um, but the uh, going back to the production, like I was expecting this when when people said it was like Star Wars knockoff, I was expecting it to be like a Roger Corman movie mm, yeah, and it's super not like the production and everything. The, the, the design on the miniatures and everything is just like, you can tell that's that a ton of money went into this film. Like everything looks great. The problem is that it is coming a year after star Wars, which has some of the most like revolutionary special effects in film history. Mm-hmm, yeah. And yeah, I think that if they had given the same the same miniatures and the same sets and everything, if they had the technical expertise of shooting those things the same way that Lucasfilm did, then it this movie could have looked just as good as Star Wars because those miniatures are incredibly well designed. Uh, there's there's a lot of care into the like styling, the Gabanian stuff looks different from the Earth stuff.
2: Oh yeah, um, see, the the one thing I noted, like not just the the miniatures, which all look amazing, but the sets are also really great too. Mm-hmm. Um, this final the final scene where they're in the Gabanian palace and and uh, Hans is like you know running everyone through. There's a bit where you see like these paintings of uh, Rocchiere, and like they're just sort of like in the background, but they're really good and. I, I, that's not it's like lore, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like background lore and it's just there for like half a second. But they like uh, they kind of go above and beyond uh, in a lot of different ways here. Yeah, it, it makes
0: me really sad that this got film got so maligned and I understand why it's, it's mostly time and place. But like so much effort and care went into the way this film looks and there are some some great performances in it and it's it's yeah. frustrating that it just like it was held in so such low regard for such a long time um
2: i love i love the Gabanian designs also like or are there I, I wrote down as soon as i saw uh Rokusha, i wrote down um he's if uh, um yoshitaka amano designed King the conqueror yeah that's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> Perfect. Like if, yeah, if he did a drawing like of him, then there it is. That's what it would look like.
0: Um, about the shaky cam fight scenes. I will say that uh, they made a basically Tokusatsu off version of this uh, immediately after the movie came out. It was, uh, a like, TV show. Yeah. yeah like 20 something episode TV show. And I saw a few I clips from that. that. And it makes me sad that just as, as, as a stylistic choice between uh, uh, Fusaku and and like Tokusatsu directors. I like the Tokusatsu action so much better because you can read it and it's so much more clearly choreographed. Uh, yeah, that was in a TV recent. series.
1: Yeah, that's coming out and in, in America, Discotex putting that out this year. So I'm interested to look into it. Yeah, me too. It's supposed to have some good action and stuff in it. So and it has a uh, a dude in a like gorilla suit being the Chewbacca type. Yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> Gave me very Planet of the Apes TV
0: series vibes. Yeah. When I saw that guy. Um, the last big thing I want to talk about is the actual p- performances in the film. Uh, it's really uneven. I feel like the 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 actress for Maya and the actress actor for Aaron are just kind of there. Maya Maya emotes a lot, but she doesn't seem like a very strong actress at least in the, the Japanese dub I don't know if she's any better in the in the English
1: well I see this this is the problem with this movie with these um, like the same thing that we were complaining about with um, invasion of the Astro Monster or Monster Zero or whatever is that there's kind of no perfect version of this movie because like someone's dubbed either the English actors are dubbed or the Japanese actors are dubbed and I, I seem to remember her being pretty good in okay. English Um Aaron is kind of an obnoxious character in general. Um <laughs> I just didn't don't really like him. I don't know. Um, but he's fine. Uh but yeah, but I think I found myself kind of connecting a bit more with some of the Japanese actors than I was in the other in the English dub, uh, mm. in this in this case.
2: The guy who does uh Garuda. Garuda, is that it? Or I, I the it's, v- it's says Garuda. the Garuda. But yeah, Garuda. It, yeah. <laughs>
0: It says Golda because yeah,
2: yeah, I yeah, Gurude makes way more sense now, um whoever voice acted him was great, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, won- yeah, it I seemed like, like a pretty close match, I believed that, yeah um, i uh I was ahead. trying sorry, I was trying to match the fan sub with um what they were saying, like uh with I'm trying to read their <laughs> English lip movements, mm-hmm. and um the the first general, the general who fires uh who fires Garuda. Um, I had a a lot of,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I had trouble matching his lip movements. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's not even speaking either language.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the dialogue there is just completely different or something. yeah, I had the same thing. Um, yeah. Vic, Vic Morrow as Garuda is, I think really good. Uh, he, he's, Every scene he's in, even though he's dubbed, still has this like gravitas as he's staring wistfully thinking about his friend Beba as he stares into his tumbler full of space whiskey. <laughs> um, and I think he he's he's great, even though he is is dubbed. But like I said, most of what he's doing is just kind of like looking off into the distance. He does have I do like the scene where he confronts. Uh, Rukshay and they uh, when they throw Jack at him everybody laughs at him and he challenges one of them to a duel I do I do like his performance in that scene a whole lot mm-hmm. and uh and I love Narita as Rokshay he's he's a very good like scenery chewing comic book villain in this yeah. film yeah
2: he's really great and uh he's, he's what I hoped for for that character yeah hmm as soon as I saw him, I'm like, "Oh man, eat it up, please."
0: Yeah, he's it, for for a guy with a big horned helmet and silver face paint leading a space empire. He is exactly the right amount of like menacing and goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and my favorite part with him is when he the he projects himself when they capture all of the good oh, yeah. guys, and he's just like this eight story tall version of himself talking to everybody I oh man that. yeah
1: that's such a, such a pretty great like example of like them taking a star wars thing like the projection of princess leia you know and being like we're gonna use this as a visual motif but we're gonna like tokusatsu it up and it's gonna be a giant bad guy mm-hmm. you know <laughs> kind of more like the in the recent uh star wars movies but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah
2: the, uh, uh, i want to talk about the music a little bit. Cause the, yeah. there's that, the Rayabe seed, uh, seed, theme. Uh, that'd be a really great drinking game to play. Like every time you hear it, like those couple bars, which, um, sound a lot like, um, it's Leia's uh, theme. It's Leia's theme almost. Yeah. It is. It, no, the, the
0: first like four or five notes of it are like beat for beat Leia's theme. I went, cause the, yeah, or, it's the or, first or, thing you hear when you, when you start the movie. And so I was just yeah. like, This is the exact same song. So I ran and like (laughs) compared them side by side and it is such a plagiarism. It's really funny.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually super. It's even closer to uh, Han and the princess, which is uh, an empire. The the Leia and Han theme, which, Mm. you know, takes the first couple notes, of course, from from Leia's theme in that. And it was every time that comes up, I just. Keep thinking of both of those, uh, you know, Star Wars tracks, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of interesting to see how much mu- how much the music at points does sound like, uh, m- like motifs from John Williams' uh, score. Hmm. Like uh, there's, there's a scene where, um, like in in uh, in Star Wars, when the robots are walking through the desert, um, it's this kind of like music and. They use that a couple times in Message from Space, but sort of sped up to, I don't know, indicate action. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's there, there's a lot of Star Wars sound alikes in this, but I, I'm i like, I'm kind of in love with the music in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really good. It's bombastic, you know? It fits them, it makes everything more exciting. Totally. And, uh, Every
0: now and then you get that, like, 70s pony Boogie stuff. Ah, oh, so and, good. Like, Japanese <laughs> discotheque. Um, so good. Yeah. It, just going on some of the other, like, one-to-one things from from Star Wars, I was surprised that we didn't see a ton of, like, laser swords. There is a laser whip at one point, and the swords do oh make, God. like,
1: pew-pew noises when they chop at things. And, like, a kind of, like, laser, like, where they hit somebody, there will be, like, yeah. a laser spark. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh.
2: The laser whip sound I wrote down reminded me of like when you're playing Dragon Quest and you're that's just how your weapon sounds <laughs> even though this predates Dragon Quest by like I don't know like 18 years or something like it's 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 sort of or not 18 years like 10 years shit Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it's it's kind of funny like I like all the all the sound effects are totally cheesy and I yeah. love it.
0: I laughed really hard the first time they the Gabanians shot their laser rifles. Just like, I don't know. Something about that noise is, was just like super funny to me. It's a very pew pew. Type yeah. Noise. Doo, 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 doo. Um, but yeah, we have that. We have, uh, we have a, an interesting take on the, uh, Death Star run that I think actually ends up working pretty good.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as soon as they had the meeting though, to sit down for like the <laughs> meeting on how to destroy it. And I'm like, Like, whoa, ten meters, that's way bigger than the two meters (laughs) that the shaft was in on the Death Star. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like a sparkly, bright,
1: multicolored rotating thing
2: that they have to uh it's the it's the mystery science theater like like three two one oh my doors
1: God. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i thought
0: about when they were flying through it that's great. Uh, i do appreciate that there is proper foreshadowing for their ability to do this because they do something very similar when they're evading the police at the beginning of the movie
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah so the it's not run. there's
0: not some yeah the chicken run there's not some throwaway line about how he used to target womp rats or anything yeah um
2: I love that um, that the three pilots can all do the chicken run, like, perfectly. Yep. Like, it's not even dangerous for them at all. And yet uh, I, it almost kills Officer Fox two times. <laughs> uh, I
0: actually, something that I really like about this is that uh, even though uh, Princess Emerlita doesn't do much, that Maya actually has a lot to do, and mm-hmm. she's not just damsel, she is, like, a pilot on par with the two of them that does a lot of cool flying stuff throughout the film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought that she was going to be a sort of, because when she's introduced, she's like a rich girl who's, you know, disobeying orders or whatever and, and sort of independently minded. But I was expecting her to be a kind of much more prissy type character.
2: Yeah, she had this Princess Vespa thing going on with her, <laughs> like, the space balls version of Leia, where, yeah. like, she's going to be bossy, and, uh, you know, they're just going to use her money to build a spaceship or whatever. But, yeah, she's, like, way more capable than Shiro or Aaron. Like, despite the fact that she's, like, a spoiled br- like, quote-unquote spoiled brat, right? she's, like, more mature and has more of, like, m- more of a goal in mind than the two of them do. Like, she is all for, like... Saving Jolietta, and and going and she's the only one who doesn't really reject like well yeah she doesn't reject the hero's journey like nope at all uh like yeah I, I said earlier that Hans the only one but really I guess like half of them do uh but the the point being like she's like the most capable out of out of those three easy yeah and totally. doesn't and doesn't falter <laughs> with that.
0: Um, so were there any other, other points that y'all wanted to get to specific
2: parts? Oh, let's see. Um, I love that, uh, at least in, in this fan sub that when they're, um, (laughs) God, (laughs) when we meet Maya and, um, the captain says that, oh yeah, the space fireflies, it's like a glowing garbage dump. I thought that was a really funny (laughs) man!
0: Oh, I forgot to write down about that scene. They go swimming around in space, swimming through space with just like, God, yeah. Particle masks on. I, okay. So here's one of those pacing things.
2: It's yeah. The pace, the pacing in that was a little like rough, but I, it also tickled me because, because of how space works in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, You can parachute uh, through it. (laughs) Yeah. You can parachute through it. You can swim through it with only a face mask on. Um, if you get uh, if if you are chucked out of a window, you, the laws of gravity, you still have to obey. Like it's um, I, uh, I yeah. Anytime they were like out in space doing something, I I was very much like, yes, this is this is hysterical. <laughs> I love this.
1: Mm-hmm. That might actually be my favorite Biba moment is when they're parachuting and like Jack, I think, is like scared to go and Biva's just like.
2: Well, screw you. I'm going. And then he just like jumps (laughs) out. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The laws of space are absolutely hilarious. Also, uh, I think it's super funny that Maya wanted to collect these space fireflies when the first thing that she was told is, oh, they're not real fireflies. They're just bits of radiation. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's just garbage.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like that, but they're not real fireflies. And that's like, I love that was her bargaining chip. Like, I'll help you if you help me catch space (laughs) fireflies. I do
0: uh, going about the the physics of space. I do like how they just completely throw it out the window. Like the the Gabadian fortress is actually the entire planet of Jalusia that they're flying around with giant thrusters on it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Beating Star Wars to whatever book probably has that first by a good decade at least.
2: Yeah, at least at cer- certainly before Star Killer Base. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Those yeah, the rules of space are chucked out the window, just like uh, Rokosha. And I, <laughs> another what an another. End. Oh. Okay, Uh mm, uh. Mm, I guess maybe we should save this for like favorite scenes because I don't know if this is my favorite scene or not, but I definitely <laughs> laughed really hard when he gets chucked out the window. No, it's like,
0: his death is incredible. Yeah, if
2: he falls through the ceiling and lands on his mother and explodes. Like, in classic tokusatsu fashion, if you trip and fall and your HP is low, you will explode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was really wondering if he was going to explode or not, and then he
2: did, and I was like, ah, yes. Um, (laughs) I know. Also, the character of his mother, I wasn't sure if she was like... If she was the real emperor or if she was just like, listen to me, son, I'm going to, you know, you have to listen to me, but you're the real ruler. I don't know. Like that that was as
0: mystifying to me as the old lady in the shack, especially because like that's the one special effect in the movie that I thought was really bad was
1: her big fake nose. Oh, my God. You can see it just like taped on too. that is a male actor, by the way. Uh, I assume so. Yeah. When I first you know, when I saw this dubbed, I thought that they had changed, uh, like an old man into like an old man character into an old woman, just because they were like, ah, he's got long hair. He looks like a woman, but like, nope. in the Japanese, it's still, uh, this guy's mother. But, uh, I looked, I looked, uh, up the actor and it is in fact, uh, a dude playing that, that role. (laughs) I do really Uh, love her like space hover chair yeah or, or like it's like yeah. weaponized
2: <laughs> it's got yeah, spears
0: can, in it it's mm-hmm. got
2: the handle like it has a handle like they just took an electric chair and just like put coverings over it pretty put, pretty cool
1: yeah pretty great
2: oh um, my god so yeah favorite <laughs> yeah, but...
1: scenes uh, the uh Rookshay's death is yours what's yours uh jerry I don't know that it's necessarily my favorite scene, but the scene that I really wanted to talk about in this segment is actually the like old woman memory machine thing. Um, because. I I found that actually like that's a part that I would always just kind of uh, get bored at, like you guys were saying. But this time Mm -hmm. I found it a lot more touching than in the English version, because I think in the English version, you know, she's given one of these old woman voices, you know, and it just (laughs) doesn't really like work for me. But in this time, like, I don't know, the drama kind of got to me and I was like feeling nostalgic about the beauty of nature on Earth and stuff like that. And I felt like I really could see. Uh, Roxie like being affected by it too. And I found that scene actually a lot stronger this time than any time I've ever seen it before. So it really struck me this time and I liked it a lot. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I think they she, the, the actress really tones down her like stereotype old lady voice for that, where it actually brings it down to a more kind of empathetic level.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was good acting and it's sort of interesting about like she was moments away from death and when they're using the dream machine it's almost like saying that your life flashes before your eyes when you die that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and she just sort of digs digs deep into her like the recesses (laughs) of her memories which is like stock footage from the nature channel or whatever but (laughs) yeah it's like deer or capybaras or something like that and I'm like okay like oh that was another thing that I thought was really funny how uh, Hans rides up on a horse and it's mm-hmm. not like yeah. a space horse it's just a horse <laughs> yeah. i didn't
0: even think about that in the scene i was just like <laughs> it's, it's weird i don't know if I didn't know since she even knew how to ride a horse you <laughs>
2: even hear it
0: neigh. yeah
2: <laughs> like it's 100 um, percent a horse <laughs> no space fails horse. it's a space horse yeah uh,
0: i do also like that that dream scene gives some texture to to Ruxia as a villain because mm-hmm. he's like undoubtedly evil, but he's, he laments, uh, repeatedly that he had to destroy Jaluxia to, to conquer it. And it's just like, if you people had just like, let me take over, I wouldn't have destroyed the natural beauty of this planet. And like, that's part of why he demands earth surrenders because he wants to maintain this natural beauty. Uh, even though he's like I said, still undoubtedly evil and doesn't care about, uh, human life or whatever he's, but he cares about this natural beauty and wants to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which is how we get my favorite scene where his, uh, his threat to earth is just blowing up the moon. Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, But I, I love that whole negotiation with him and, and Garda and just culminating in him being like, well, yeah, Fuck the moon! And they just send a giant <laughs> nuclear rocket to blow it up. It's so great. The I love the escalation of missile. stakes.
2: Yeah. Um. So so here's the thing. Uh, Ruxey's death, yes, absolutely hilarious. But honestly, my favorite scene is probably the space drag race. Like, oh, okay. Th- the movie kicks off with a huge bang, and I like I wrote down notes with so many exclamation points it's so fun yeah it's so fun and i'm like these characters are great and then it and then you they're out running the the doofish police officer and who
1: literally has a siren like a police yeah. siren yeah it's so good so cartoony. it's so
2: goofy i i i loved it so much uh i it set the tone for the rest of the movie honestly for me mm-hmm. so Anyway, I I needed to chime in and talk about that for a <laughs> yeah. hot second because that's yeah, for great. sure. Um,
0: so uh, moving on, the
2: uh, shall we dance?
0: Mm. This may be redundant for this, considering we already have a Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this and I was thinking like, it, would there be any point in making remaking this? Because all the this really is, is taking Star Wars and then giving it that sort of Japanese flavor and that tokusatsu flair. And I think taking that away and making it like an American movie just with this story doesn't really add anything that, you know, Star Wars or other sci-fi movies wouldn't give us. Yeah. I think that that does
0: turn it into a Roger Corman movie at that point. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Although when I, when I was writing, I wrote down, right next to this during the dragway sequ- sequence I'm like this is so fun please remake this movie mm-hmm. um not not realizing at the time how like one for one it was with star wars um but I think that I think that you could do something with it if you like you know redid the script a little bit because I love the eight you know finding the eight warriors aspect of it mm mm-hmm. I, I, you know me. I love a getting the gang together movie, mm-hmm. and if you spent a good chunk of the movie actually doing that and like planet hopping and going to different places to try and find the recipients of the seeds, um, and then you know you end the movie in like a you know a different way than a Death Star trench run. Like, I think it could definitely be its own thing. Yeah, that's true. In in, in a way that like so this was the this wasn't you know this was the time of of everybody ripping off of star Wars. There's a, there's a, there's an animated movie in particular that I saw a couple of years ago that I actually, I absolutely loved. And it's a one, it's a super star Wars ripoff. It's called uh, star chaser, the legend of Orin. And it's, uh, I, I, couldn't tell you for the life of me, uh, the studio behind it, but it was touted, I think as one of the, if not the first movie to use uh, 3d animation. Oh, uh, yeah, the first animated movie ever to use three d animation and it's very evident it's in the movie, but it's uh it's sort of like um yeah, it's it's like a Star Wars ripoff that's uh that doesn't really follow Star Wars, but it has like the elements, you know, it has like the the do you know, the dopey kid and uh you know, the the mercenary and uh a humanoid robot and a princess and a you know, a big bad who uses a sword. Like it's it's got your star Wars flair to it, but that's what this movie reminded me of in the best way possible. Like I adore star Wars, but I really adore star Wars ripoffs just to see exactly how they took that formula and these elements and they kind of made it different. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is basically Tokusatsu star Wars, like elevates it for me. Like I, I agree with you, Joey though, in that, um, part of this movie's charm is the tokusatsu-ness of it and that would be the hardest part
1: Correct. yeah it does just make you do kind of just wish that the story had been fleshed out a little bit better yeah or, or like kind of restructured a little bit uh, like even leaving in the trench run because that's like a fun aspect of it that it is such a ripoff but like yeah just if some of it had been restructured a little bit it would have been like perfect
0: yeah uh, I figured it out. I know how we can have a Western remake of this. I don't know about casting, but you you need, you you still open with the hot rod race. Uh-huh. You need to gather a team of eight brave warriors. And this is the Fast and Furious <laughs> space reboot.
2: Oh my God. they need
0: to do in like five years from now. Yeah. I
2: mean, look. You're putting if, the if team you- together. Oh their family. my god, family! <laughs> oh my family. god, so, so, it, uh, honestly, to me, for the Fast and Furious franchise, the logical place for them to go has to be space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if they use this movie as a template, like that Fast and Furious movie will be the best movie <laughs> that has ever been made. <laughs> Yeah, just make fast and furious star wars problem solved.
0: Yes. Um so <laughs> moving on to the Takeshi Shimura award. Uh wh- who's whose performance really stole the show for you? Beba. Uh, Alex.
2: Beba. It was Beba. Oh, it was God. Beba.
0: Yeah, same. It's he's so <laughs> I don't know. It's like the most maximal performance possible. <laughs> From somebody that doesn't even have a face. It's incredible.
2: (laughs) It's like a, like a little baby robot. Like where's the diaper? Like he's so
0: cute and charming (laughs) and trill.
2: I don't, uh, I, it's magical. So when I watch this, every time I saw Baba, I don't know why, but I'm like, this is a Joey Weiser character. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is (laughs) is the character that Joey Weiser would love. And I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I do love Baba, but I do
1: hate his voice. But I, like I said, I hated it less this time than I do in English. (laughs) (laughs) In English, he's even more like, I mean, I don't know... I'm I didn't sure it's listen reading. super close to the Japanese, but in the English, he's very like, he'll repeat the same phrase over and over again. And he's very like, talks kind of like a baby. Yeah. Like these very short sentences that I think were supposed to make it sound more like a robot, you know, like,
2: oh, yeah. does not
1: compute, you know, that kind of thing. I um, see. And no, so, in
2: this, I'm pretty sure he speaks full sentences. That's yeah. what it sounds like anyway.
1: <laughs> uh, I was going to nominate uh, Makoto Sato, who plays Uroko, the. <laughs> the, like, assistant uh, to the princess. And Makoto Sato is uh, Dragon from the first Truck Yaro movie. Um,
2: oh, shit.
1: Yeah, the, like, rival trucker guy. Um, and I love that actor a lot. And, in fact, the first time I saw this, I remember being kind of, like, Waiting, knowing Sunny Chiba was in this, and being like, "Is that Sunny Chiba?" He looks kind of like Sunny Chiba, but his face is melting or something. But like, yeah. Uh, but no. Uh, and and Makoto is awesome. I I always love him and stuff. But I thought that that character was really fun and really like we actually haven't talked about him too much. Um, his kind of like he has kind of a villainous turn sort of at one point and it does seem very even though they seed it a little bit it seems kind of out of nowhere but like up until that point I just really uh love kind of the energy that he brings uh anytime he's in a scene. He's always very desperate and very uh but also kind of strong and stoic in some ways. Um yeah I just like that character a lot.
0: Yeah Sato I didn't I didn't list him in the the credits I probably should have, but he's, he, he seems mostly the kind of guy that would be like a background thug or, but a prominent background thug in the Sonny Chiba movie. He's like character actor of like mm-hmm. tough action dudes.
2: Mm, I wonder if, uh, he didn't have time to film too much of this either. Cause he gets shelved for a while also. Um, but yeah, he does a good job. I, I, I really liked his, uh, when he finally got his seed, Mm -hmm. like, well, during that part where, where, uh, Rokusei says, you know, oh, there's a traitor in your midst. And I'm like, whoa, this whole time turns out it wasn't this whole time at all. Like it was just in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, uh, like at first I'm like, did Jack betray them again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, what I assumed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, he's good. Uh, I would, I would, I would see that. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: But yeah, I do like that he, even though he's got very little space to, to do much aside from look stern and menacing, uh, that, that last turn, there's a lot of emotion with him just being like, he, he seems so hurt that they decided to blow up the planet rather than, than compromise or try to save it.
2: Yeah. You get his, you get a sense for his, like his, you know, character there, uh, before that, you know, he's sort of like the bodyguard, but. It he he has like a really good like a really good this is who I am moment like here's my character deal
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, yeah
0: and you get the yeah. heroic moment when when he heroically dies and his seed actually blooms
1: yeah he's oh, on his little headdress yeah
0: it's very sweet.
1: I like that yeah. effect of the walnuts glowing by the way like I think that yeah, that's a so really cool like it looks really good and it especially looks good when it's in uh, that yeah, the ice cube yeah
2: that does that <laughs> you know um this I might just be stupid, but I didn't realize it was a walnut until like three fourths of the way into the movie.
1: Well, I mean, they're seed. They're not supposed to be walnuts, but I call them walnuts because they—that's well, what they well, look they like. Well, they are walnuts. Yes. Yeah.
2: like they, they're they're one hundred percent walnuts. But like, it didn't occur to me until like you know that far into the movie. Uh, most because they're glowing and that music is happening, so that's mm-hmm. that's you know taking away from the walnutiness of them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: Um, was there anything else y'all wanted to say about the film? Uh, Uh, it's a really fun movie. I I definitely recommend folks check it out. I think it's streaming on Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, and, and I, I endorse the English dub, like because it is such a split cast, you're, you're getting a genuine performance out of some of the actors.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. I'm probably going to watch the, the dub as soon as I have time, which is, not in in strong supply lately uh, but I'd like to check in on it while the Japanese version is still fresh fresh in my mind just to compare the two mm-hmm.
2: yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same I'm I'm like I'm really interested in seeing what the uh, the English actors bring to it uh, in comparison and I'm surprised that nobody has mm-hmm. done a like fan edit of this movie that like splices them together
1: that would be cool I'd be into that yeah, yeah. and, and that is something that
0: I've always been confused as to why they don't do for a lot of films is just like let people speak their their native languages like you'll, you'll have an alien speaking an alien language and put subtitles on for that but you won't have a Japanese person speaking Japanese and have them just be subtitled mm-hmm. for an English
1: audience yeah you make a foreign actor struggle through English <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that happens sometimes when it's like, man, I really like this person, but uh, their English is not great. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so, what are we doing next month? Next month, uh, we
0: are. Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully, squeezing this in as soon as possible to keep it
1: eh, timely. It's all right, uh, you know. So, so <laughs> this this month, uh, August is the 50th anniversary of the Tauruson series. And there's lots of uh, celebrations going on. They've remastered the entire series in 4K, and they're going to be screening those around uh, the, the, the globe, apparently. And New York City. Yeah, and there's a, yeah. There's several screenings in New York City that I recommend our listeners look. Uh, maybe check out our Twitter account where we've retweeted some of those links. Um, so I wanted to show a Taurus on movie and uh we're going to be watching 1976's torsand sunrise and sunset which is the 17th film and it's a particularly strong one it's one of my favorites so i'm looking forward to watching that with, with you guys
2: Hell yeah nice. all right uh
0: as always if you're looking for me on the internet you can find me at, on twitter at friska chat v-r-i-s-k-a-c-h-a-t um if you're, uh, the, the, by the time this goes up, I will probably be at Dragon Con in Atlanta. Um, uh, and then at the end of October, uh, since Anime Weekend Atlanta has moved dates, I will be at AWA. Uh, if you want to tweet at me and meet up and hang out or come see Mana with me, because I will be going
1: to that concert. <laughs> nice.
2: What about you, Alex? Uh, yeah. Uh, follow me, of course, on Twitter at Dude Exclamation. Listen to me every week on the One Piece podcast. And uh, check out superartfight.com for show details of when I will be performing next uh, in the D.C. area. And check out superartfight.com slash merch. Um, and uh, buy Cute Animals on Fire, the drawing-based card game that I helped work on.
1: Awesome. And Enjoy. I'm, uh, uh, at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser comics on Instagram. Um, in September, uh, the 14th and 15th, I'll be at SPX, the small press expo in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, so please come and check, uh, me out there. I'll have, uh, the Merman books as well as my brand new graphic novel, ghost hog in hardcover and softcover. Um, if you're not able to make it, I still encourage you to check out that book. Um, and you can take a look at, like, my Instagram or my website, tragic-planet.com, to see samples of what that looks like. Um, as for... Oh, and I'll be at Anime Weekend Atlanta as well, so if you want a twofer and meet up with me and Scott, we could probably make that happen. Um, and uh, as for the podcast, we're on Twitter at Toho Yaro and Facebook. Uh, we've got a Toho Yaro group, and you can email us at tohoyara at gmail.com. And I really... Um, encourage our listeners to get in touch with us and let us know what you think about the new format. We're going to be kind of like playing around with it a little bit and fine tuning it but I think um, that we're all pretty excited about kind of extending the discussion segment and and um, <clears throat> being a little more brief with the description and stuff. And uh, But we really want to hear from you and if you like it, if you don't like it, if w- what you'd like us to add or, or take away from it and, and um, we can kind of like think about what, what you want to listen to you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah please please give us feedback let us know how it's going and um, and uh, yeah and rate and review us on iTunes as always please subscribe and, and all that stuff uh, I forgot to mention earlier. I'd also like
0: to give a special thanks to listener uh, Nathan Wiederman for suggesting this uh, movie. This is a listener suggestion, and thank you for uh, encouraging me to watch this thing that I love. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. See bye. you next month.
2: Bye bye.